Hi there, let's talk sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk NBA. And uh, what's better than being joined by Dan Brosden one time a week, a second time this week? Thanks for joining me, Dan. Yo, we're just the magic man, Dan. We're 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 sticking around, we're making more videos, and we're having a good time. What's going on, everybody? Let's talk some NBA today. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of things that haven't happened yet that we thought were gonna happen. The summer league is in season in session. We're gonna have the championship in just a couple days. It's gonna be a good time. Let's get into it, bro. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, so, player, I know you're a big fan of Coverton, of course, of your Milwaukee Bucks. Um, has signed an extension, I'm sure. Um, you're relieved. I don't think there's ever any doubt in that. Um, and Middleton's on the road to recovery, so lots of positive news if you've got one eye on the season. So, first of all, I, I was sweating in my boots that Patty C was going to leave because I bought his jersey at a game a few months ago and it was, it was a night, it was like a buck 20, bro. It was like a dollar, 120 bucks. It was expensive. And I was like, of course, the one time in like 10 years, I buy a, a jersey at the stadium because it was there and it was it was the cheapest out of all of them. Like the Giannis jersey was like 180, but they had Pat Connaughton for 120, guys. And it was like, of course, the one time I go to the stadium and buy him, he's going to leave. Watch, he's going to be on the Hawks next year or something. And no, they locked him up. They heard my call. And just to have a nice utility guy he's almost if if you guys watch the nfl he's a nice gadget player he's your guy that can come in and do a little bit of everything he's a hell of an athlete he's a three-point shooter and he can come in he can play the the small forward position he he was a backup point guard for his first couple years behind dame lillard like like he's He's fun, man. He'd come in and pretty much play anything you need him to do. He's he, he of course, he's if he's your guy starting every night, you might have some holes, but at the same time, he's a good player. And I think what are they paying him like 10 mil a year? I think he'll live up to that. He's Patty C. He's he's got uh, he's got a lot of athleticism. He's a good dunker. He's got good size, and he's got a good three-point shot. I mean, with with everyone talking about the wings, I think the Bucks have a nice threshold of wings. That even even with their first-round pick, what is his name? Bay Champ, dude. Like he's a wing, so like they're just stacking them. Yeah. Also, um, it's a three-year deal, so. Once that three years comes, and you would assume that rookie will be more ready to take over going forward. Exactly, and I I like this rookie. He needs uh, he needs a little bit more seasoning, but I could see what they were looking for and what they were going for. They're looking for a guy that can contribute in the next couple years. Um, than than a guy that is a is a full project because the guy has some three and D tendencies. I heard that he does need to get his his three point shot up, but I've been watching summer league and it 
One game, it won't be falling, and the next game, he makes two or three three-pointers. So if he just stays in the gym, and I heard this man has a high work ethic. He And I love the stories of where this man came from nothing. I guess there's a story where like he was homeless at one point, and he worked his, his butt off so he could become an NBA player. I don't think he's just going to forget about that. So I'm hoping that in the couple years – he will be the next guy up and and that's what the bucks are looking for and what a good situation to get drafted into yeah Andre, um look um it's difficult where they pick because it's hard to find people what will contribute straight away but he does seem to have all the assets to do so but now it's up to them to develop um, because that's a big thing. You can find the talent, but is he in the right spot to develop? Um, and it's uh, when you mention summer league, then I know you want to talk about the Bucks summer league. But um, yeah, we all the rookies look good at summer league. I remember Kevin Knox looked like Tim Duncan reincarnated, and now look at him. So I'm intrigued to see if he can match with summer league performances in actual nba performances yeah the, the, the summer league is fun and there is that sense of you know all the rookies they go to summer league unless there's like an injury you know um but they all go i mean we even remember some summer league footage from like is it Kevin Durant? And there, it's fun to watch those summer league tapes a few years from now and be like, oh man, I, I remember when, when we didn't know if he was going to be a stud and now he's a stud. Summer league is awesome, but it's also uh, where the league is kind of making hiccups and they're, they're working some things out. Great example. My Bucks got screwed in a game a couple days ago. They, they played the Celtics and in the third quarter, they adjusted the score and said, well, actually, the Bucks are up. And then with like 20 seconds left in the game, they adjusted the score back. So now the Bucks are down. And you can't tell me that on both sides, that just didn't ruin like the whole way you're playing the game, right? So we end up going up with like uh, maybe five seconds left. And we're up one or two points. They hit a dang uh, with two seconds left, a, a, a three-point shot at the buzzer beater. And I'm sitting here like, dude, if we just had a little more time and knew we were down, we would have been shooting more threes. Like, like it, I, I, the good old summer league, I get it. The players are learning. The coaches are trying new stuff. But the refs man, they, like what a way we know if this was a regular season game, teams would be like freaking out over this because this can't happen in normal league, you know? So watching that really had me a little like, no guys, we can't do this no more. You need to watch that, that the scorecard, like how did we mess that up so badly? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I've got a live comment from um, a mutual friend of ours, Nick Bodkins of the Bodkins Show. Yeah. Um, he says half the guys playing the summer league won't be yeah. on an NBA roster. Yes, half He's of right. the guys will be U UPS drivers or something. 
Well, they, they're yeah. even talking right now. Like they're they're I, I was watching last night and they're like, uh, so-and-so he's playing in the Australian league after this. So-and-so he he's playing in the Euro league after this. Like, like there's certain guys that came to the summer league to display their talents, but because they, they don't know if they're going to make it in this year, they're going to line it up so they can go make money any other place. Because, you know, there, there's always a buyout. If, if, if I get called for the NBA, I'm going to quit this job and go the next job. But until I get the call, I need to make sure I'm making some type of money off, off, off of my athleticism and my skills. Yeah, um, I agree. And um, before I read that next, next comment, everyone, go over and check out the Bodkin Show. Doing great things over on YouTube. A sports roundup is a Sunday interview type show just talking to different content creators and also as a ufc show should you be a ufc fan so uh please do check him out and he's also looking after us because isn't this was actually his first comment but it's the perfect segue into our next topic uh mitchell to the knicks in the works and also had summer league matters as much as camp in high school, yeah, um, I would agree with that. Apart from, it's the perfect opportunity for these general managers to maybe work some trades. Um, kind yeah. of like the combine in the NFL. So that's the biggest value. Apart from, it keeps the NBA in the shop window for that bit longer. So that's another aspect for TV revenue type thing, but. I agree. Summer um, League matters. Me, I'm a bit of a Knicks fan, so I'm not going to get on the Donovan Mitchell train because I don't necessarily see how it could happen because they've got the picks to do it. But would if the Jazz are entering a rebuild, would they want Randall or even Fournier? And if they don't, how would you make the cap work? Maybe get a third team, possibly... That's the Knicks. I, let's be honest, they'll be linked to him. But until I see the deal, I'm not tending towards that they'll get a deal done. How do you feel there? Okay, so we're going to get into the Knicks in just a second. But to the Summer League point, I just want to say that the players, th this is how a lot of things, a lot of trades happen. Summer League matters in the sense of the, the players click up, the GMs are there, and this is the one time of the year that you can hear little nuggets and hear little things are going on. And may I remind you, every couple of years you'll have a dude that everyone thought was washed. They'll go to the Summer League. Average 25 points a game like Christian Wood did for the Bucks a couple years ago, make a roster, and now, and now they're averaging like 20 points a game. So every once in a while you will find a stud come from the summer, the, the summer league, and we thought that, that they were washed or they, they weren't going to be good, and then they make it to a team. I love those stories. But to the Knicks – this is something that could be huge for them. They they need some life. They have some draft picks. I'm pretty sure they have some draft capital. Um, you could just give up everything that you have, give up four or five picks. And they have all these players that are, are actually pretty young that are nice prospects. So, I mean, I and you could give up some of the prospects, but you'd still have some of them. So, uh, at the end of the day, 
given up basically your whole team to just start fresh with uh is it Jay? Yeah, Jalen Brunson just got there, and you got Mitchell. If you could just add like a couple big guys down low, maybe keep Obi Toppin and add someone else. That's a nice Nick squad. That's like the best Nick squad we've seen in years, right? I'm not I don't know how good they'll be right off the ripper. But if if this is the plan where like if if you can convert Jalen into your one into your point almost and then have Spider as the two, huh? That, that's interesting at least. And then if you could keep one of your studs that you have, maybe keep Obi Toppin. I don't know. Maybe you'll have to give him up in uh in the trade because you're gonna. Because of the whole Rudy Gobert thing, they're like, well, we at least want to get four or five picks out of him and and probably a, a swap. And then they're going to want a nice little roster full of, of young players too. So uh, I think it could work though, but what salaries do they have that they can give away to match that? I'd, I'd have to go into the trade maker and see exactly what it would look like. Cause they'd have to give up a bunch of players. They'd have to, um, would, would they give up Julius Randall? Well, I think they would, but um, I'm, I'm not sure the Jazz would want him. So you might have to get a third team involved and give a first round pick to take on that contract. To make it work, you've got to give up Randall and Fournier off that roster, or it's not going to happen. But Fournier is a bit of a different story because after this year, there's a team option. So he's good enough that a team might eat that contract for a year and then cut bait if not. Um, the tricky thing is RJ Barrett. If the Jazz want RJ Barrett, if you get rid of RJ Barrett, it's almost like subtracting to bring someone in so if i'm the next i wouldn't personally do the deal because it's sort of like the carmelo thing again of um you're taking away talent and then there's not enough talent around them but you've got to give up one out of randall and topping because you can't keep having them both on the roster because one's not getting game time i think uh, topping's got a higher upside but I think teams would be more interested in topping. But if you don't get rid of Randall, the contract don't work. They had to give picks away to make the Bronson deal work. So that's going to be the tricky thing. The cap is very tight, to say the least. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, and Bodkins adds they have the draft capital. Maybe RJ goes in the trade, where the rumours are that they would want RJ in with the deal, but the Knicks would be unwilling to, and I can understand that. So that's going to be the thing, because what's the point so giving up is, is that all that capital if Mitchell's basically got no one with to play? Is that going to be the big three then? Are you thinking it's going to be RJ? Uh, so it, it would be Bronson, RJ, and and Spider pretty much would be your yeah. big three. Is that what the Knicks are thinking? Yeah. yeah, that's what I think you've got to do that deal and somehow get rid of Randall and Fournier in the deal. Even if they've got picks of just going to three in the trade. And that's why you do that deal. But I don't know what the Jazz want. If they want future picks 
or if they want players to rebuild. Because the rumor was they wanted picks, but they've just they're in the process of the trade and Sexton. So is that just to sell the fans on? We're still building. We may have lost a young player, but we've brought another player in. That's going to be an interesting dynamic. It, I think they want to tear it all down personally, so they may be happy with picks and at contracts they can move on after this year. Yeah, I mean, and it might make sense for Utah to just take on that Julius Randle, and at least they still have some type of name for the fans to come see. And, hey, it might be great for his career for him to average 20-something points a game on a bad team, and maybe the Jazz can turn this into a first-round pick next year, right? Um, it, it, that, it's something fun to think about. Um, well, I think his first year he would bow out. I think he would um, in that market. So something what I could see Danny Young doing is bank on that first year being good and then move him for capital. So you don't have a yeah. contract after this year. Um, so it could be interesting. Obviously, Miami, I said to be interested, but Ains wants to trade with Miami about as much as Bodkins wants to have lunch with a Bears fan. So, um, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. And I'm intrigued to see what the Jazz does. And we did talk about this some weeks ago that the Jazz may opt to tear it all down. And it seems to be it's trending in that direction. That would make sense for the Jazz. And I at least, I love that idea. I think we talked about this, what, months ago. I swear, don't don't be wishy-washy. Don't be in the middle. You either want to be really good where you're a contender and every year we have your name, you know, up there with the names contending to win the championship or be the worst team. Get some draft capital. Get some top picks let your young players get some experience and someday that will pay off. I, I hated for years the Bucs being that eight seed. The eight seed is the devil because you're never good enough. You're probably most of the time you're never going to contend unless it's like, you know, a, a, a team that maybe was, was injured the whole year and they just squeaked in and now they're going to run the table, but that doesn't happen a lot. Normally the A seed, you have to play the one seed and you're, you're screwed. You know, it, it's, it's, it, it's hard when you have to play that one seed and you're the eight seed. And most of the time, I think it's like 85, 90% of the time you're not going to win that. So, but, but that means in the draft, you don't have a good draft pick. So instead of the Jazz kind of for the next three, four years, putting together a six seed, a five seed, an eight seed, they're now going to be one of the worst teams. And in the draft, they're going to be a top five pick for how many years? And they're going to have so many other draft picks from other people. They're going to run drafts and they're going to be like our friends over at OKC sitting on a bunch of talent and a bunch of picks to come. So I'm, I would love to be in a situation like that to really watch a team grow. And in four or five years, we can talk, be like, remember when we were the laughing stock of the league and now we're good. Like that's how it feels to be a Bucks fan right now. <laughs> Audrey. And before we wrap things up, Tano over at sports buffoons, that's 
Utah and Ainge try and build um, draft picks and hope to land on those picks like Boston did. This is nuts. They have to capitalize, though, this time because the Boston did good on a – you know, they got Tatum, they got Brown. But for all those picks, you know, they got smart. They, they had some really nice players from the picks – but they had way more picks than that. So it is, it's, it's showing that the pit, you still have to go out and draft the players. I mean, how many picks did the 76ers have when they were tanking through all those years, you still have to go out and develop that talent and pick the right guy. Yeah. but yeah, And um, I agree. I agree, Nick, you do have to tear it down to build it back. Sometimes I agree. Yeah. Andre, um, it's going to be interesting. And, I do agree that the Celtics didn't really capitalize. They sort of went sort of over 500 with those picks. The Kyrie deal was the worst deal they ever did as well because it sort of ruined the advantage they had. It's working out a little bit now, but they could have been in such a stronger position because if they used the, that capital better, who knows, that, that championship game they had this year, they could have won that if they had a deeper roster. So that's a lesson what Ains has to learn from his mistakes and uh, build Utah a bit better. And we'll see if he does that. But he certainly loves doing a deal and a crime asset. So I'm sure we'll talk about him more in the coming weeks. But I just want to thank you for joining me today, Dan. Ain't no problem at all. It's always a great time, buddy. Thank you. No problem. Oh, um, so everyone go check out what Nick's doing over at the Bodkin Show and what Tanner and the guys are doing over at Sports Buffoons. They make great content, a very big asset to Let's Talk Sports. So I would appreciate if you check out what they're doing. And me and Dan will be back on Monday for our call-in show. So looking forward to it, Dan. Let's do it. I'm excited. Um, so thank you to everyone for joining us and until next week let's talk sport fans thanks for watching